Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to The No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. Truth Speakers, we have another episode brought to you by Brightline. Brightline is a pioneer in the train travel industry, and they have indeed reopened. It's the best news for intercity travelers. You may have seen that my family and I took the Polar Express ride a few weeks ago for a holiday treat, but I can't wait to tell you all about my experience traveling up to West Palm for the day. Stay tuned because mid-episode, I'm going to share about my Brightline experience on the premium class. Let's go. What is up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of The Know with me, Nikki Spo. So today I am interviewing a badass woman. Her name is Susie Moore, and she wrote this fantastic book that I'm holding up right now, Let It Be Easy, Simple Ways to Stop Stressing and Start Living. She also wrote the book, Stop Checking Your Likes. Okay, listen, I'm obsessed with this book. So I'm not going to go into this whole big old introduction of Susie Moore because you are going to fall in love with her. So let's rock and roll, Susie Moore. So Susie, I definitely grew up knowing the mantra that life is hard. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Like we, who, all, we all did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And like, to be honest, like a lot of parts of my youth and adolescence and even like my early adulthood, like have actually been difficult and even still life can be hard in many ways, you know, like, and I think about it, I have most of the things in my life now that I like prayed for in my twenties. And I thought that those things that I was like praying so hard for were going to be the things that like magically completed me. Like, oh, here, I got the golden ticket and now I'm good. Now I'm good. You know, I got the, I got, you know, I have the job of my dreams and now I'm good. Or I had the kids and now I'm good. Like that, this stuff like never ends. Like the work never ends. And, you know, part of that for me has been really difficult over the years. And I can rattle off a list of the things that I do or have or am that many of my listeners do or have or are things which are both wonderful and like super duper hard. Things like motherhood, marriage, being physically fit and healthy, entrepreneurship, work, running a household, being financially responsible, healing, patience, sobriety. And like, so that's something that I'm obviously, I'm talking about myself here. So needless to say, I'm a newbie at this, like, let it be easy life. So I need you. And we need you to break it down for us. And I am like a total like 
optimistic skeptic, right? I'm like both at the same time. Like I really, really, really want to be optimistic, but I'm like, I'm like a recovering skeptic. I'm working on it really hard. Um, and I almost feel like I like for things to be difficult. And we're going to get to that concept later because you touch on it in your book. So Susie Moore, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Yes. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. This is my favorite topic, Ease. And I think it's really underrepresented. I joke that Ease needs a good lawyer. We're taught the opposite about life, about relationships, about work, about everything that you just mentioned. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, when when did anyone ever tell you like that something was like meant to be easy and fun? Like think about it. It's like, you know, hey, um, you know, getting a job, that's hard. Having a boss, that's hard. Running a business, ooh, that's hard. Being unemployed, that's hard. Dating is hard. Being married is hard. Being single, that's hard. Having kids is hard. Toddlers are the worst. No, no, no. Teenagers are the worst. Wait, are they leaving home now for college? That's so hard. Oh, wait, you don't have kids? That must be hard. <laughs> like, can we have a little laugh, like, at the reality of what we're told and how none of it is true? Like, none of this is true. It's just a belief. It's a thought that we interpret as real, and it doesn't have to mean anything. And I'm not living my life like it's hard. I'm in on the joke of this temporary lifestyle that we've all been given, and I'm enjoying myself. And that is something that we all get to decide. Oh my gosh, you're in on the joke. I want to be in on the joke. I'm in on the joke now. Like that is me. I'm in on the joke. So Susie, who is this book for? Mm, well, if you have internal stress, if you suffer stress around really just anything that's happening within your immediate experience. So if you're going through the day with a low level anxiety, if you're thinking about the future with a sense of dread, if you're looking at the past that's, you know, that's been until now, and then, you know, having regrets, thinking that maybe you messed up, thinking that there's a different path that you, sh you should have taken. I think this is really most people, you know, to some extent, it's to let you know that there can be another way. Like there is another way. And it's not uh, necessarily overnight and all encompassing in all life areas, but ease is available to us the second we realize that it's something that we tune into. It's not something that we need to acquire or work hard for. That would be like <laughs> almost funny to work hard at ease. But to, you know, ease already surrounds us. Ease is already around us. I mean, like, look, Nikki, right now you could be stressed out. Or you could be there comfortably in your office with a working Wi-Fi, having a conversation with another woman. Like, but there could be stress. Is a tech going to go out? Is this going to go well? Is, you know, is there going to be a problem? Is my kid going to come in screaming? Is my dog going to come? You know, whatever. Like, I choose to be easy about it. In the foreword of your book, Let It Be Easy, you've explained that you had formed an allegiance to your own suffering. Oh my gosh, I do that. And that part of you was addicted to the stress that you had been creating in your own life. How did that realization click for you? And at what point were you able to see through your own BS and make that assessment? Oh, I really wish this for everybody because I know that the vast majority of our stress is imagined. And I was so in it with my stress. Like, I've got to work. I'm busy. You know, my husband needs to get his act together. This is what, this is what's up. This is the right way to spend a weekend. This is exactly how much money we should be saving. Da -da 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 -da, right. You can just hear this story. Like, we all have these various stories going through our minds. And 
it's it's true the body actually releases stress chemicals whenever we feel stress in our body and we do get addicted to the momentum of it it's like an adrenaline that's constantly being released and when you stop that or when you momentarily pause it it feels a little strange it feels like hey what do you mean everything's okay? Shouldn't I be hustling? Shouldn't I be worrying about my kids? Shouldn't I be worrying about aging? Shouldn't I be worrying about who I can control next? Because oh people need my, my gosh, <laughs> that's my life. That's because my people, life. Because people need you to step in and control them, right? Otherwise what? They'll be havoc. It, it's so important to question what's true. Like what is actually true? And so much is not true. In fact, I start the book by saying my husband wanted to leave me because I was so obsessed with controlling him. I thought that I was doing him a favor, that it was my obligation, that this is what marriage meant, you know, and uh, well, turns out that doesn't work so well. <laughs> like it doesn't work so well. So what, like, I, I think that we all reach these breaking points sometimes when, you know, it's, it's either someone's had enough of you, you've had enough of yourself and you need to kind of question maybe some of the lies that you're believing. The things that I had digested right? About my identity, like from, I'm talking about like from childhood. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? That have just like been piggybacking on and like just into my, like my brain and my soul over time that was just wearing me out, wearing me out. And I was making it worse for myself. I was like making it way more difficult. And it took a long time for me to get to that point where I could flip the switch, but I did. And since then life has been easier, right? Like I would never, ever venture to say something like life is perfect. I don't think that that is even like a thing, but life has gotten tremendously easier since then. And even then I still struggle with like that addiction to make it hard for myself. I'm like, no, 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 no. Things are good. Like I actually do this thing sometimes, Susie, where I'm like, life is going really, really well right now. Mm -hmm. Something bad is going to happen. And oh, it's, I yeah. like sabotage. I'm like, oh, I'm like, how, and, and and if I, I cannot be the only woman in the world or human being in the world who's doing that, right? Like, look how great things are going. Let me just fuck it up. <laughs> it's, it's true. We, we're only comfortable with a certain amount of joy and then it starts to feel uncomfortable and it's like, oh, I'm not used to this. There has to be a container on how good life is allowed to be and how good I'm allowed to feel. And then we start bringing in start a fight with someone or we'll make a bad financial investment or we'll start, we'll create a story about that girl who said no to us and then have a story about why she doesn't like us. And it's all, so this is imagined nonsense. Right? <laughs> the assumptions that we make, the lengths that we'll go to just to stick with our almost set point of happiness. We always want to come back to this set point. There is no ceiling. Like there is no ceiling on what, on what we are allowed to enjoy and just allow into our lives. And I think that when we realize that, I mean, we realize that, you know, it's just a temporary life experience and we're really here for the purpose of joy, to enjoy ourselves, to expand, to see what can be, to see what we can become. Then we also kind of lighten up a little bit and we're not so serious and heavy and looking for the flaws and looking for the risks. I mean, what do we know? No one really knows anything. There is no perfect plan. There's no perfect anything. It's just, we're doing our best. Why can't we make it fun? Why can't we uh, maybe not be so quick to judge ourselves or so quick to judge others or even label anything as good or bad? This is one of probably my, my greatest skills now is if something bad happens, um, thinking, you know, maybe just being a bit more neutral about it. We take score so, you know, so soon. Oh, this didn't work out. Oh, wait, it's only been one day. <laughs> like, can we give it a bit more time? You know, or hey, th this person let me down. Yeah, but overall, they haven't really let you down. 
you know, like maybe this is just so not being so quick to judge, to jump to judgment and just to think, you know, how can I just be maybe a little bit more um, patient and observant? So how do our minds create our reality? Obviously, there are real tangible hardships that happen in life, right? Like you lose your job, somebody passes away, you know, like bad things do happen. But what role do our minds play here? Like what is the mindset game and is it a real thing? Reality is an interpretation, right? So when you think about something, Right. When you think about, you know, someone's say, you know, that someone announces some news like, okay, I lost my job. Happens to all of us. Right. I've been fired before. Um, I lost my job. Okay. So the the initial judgment, like group think would be it's a bad thing. I'm so sorry. Right. Uh, Is it? Is it such a bad thing? Maybe it's a temporary inconvenience and an opportunity. This is coming straight to the judgment immediately. Right. Versus going, oh, I know when I lost uh, when I was fired from my job. Uh, uh, I went back to the recruiter who placed me and I said, look, I can't do that job. It's not suited to me. And she gave me a job with her. And that started my sales career and then allowed me to buy my first apartment, my second apartment. Like I was set up for a career that really suited me for over 10 years by being fired. And so, you know, being fired is bad. Is that true? Like, that's not my interpretation. And if someone's in a different position, they're fired now, I would ask questions and be curious and look at options and see. I, I have to say, I've also never seen someone get fired from a job that they've loved. Wow. Ever, ever. There's no such thing as a one-way liberation. <laughs> like wow. it happens when you're like also kind of not really feeling it or there's something up. So looking at a situation, going, being curious about it, asking questions versus you know, labeling it and then having, you know, something to fix and a problem to solve. What if there isn't a problem? It's the same. And look, through life, if you've lived a few years, I mean, I lost my dad when I was 19, you will have loss. You will have health problems. You will know people who have health problems. You will experience all sorts of injustice in this world. Let it be easy isn't, you know, this unhealthy denial of real pain or the fact that these things happen, challenges happen in this world. It's not a fair world that we live in. It's still good. Like it's still good. There is still a lot of good in your life and a lot of power that you have. And so it's just coming back to that truth. And I've never seen an exception to this truth. Well, think about it. You know, if you think about, you know, my life, what do I get to interpret? I always like to say, look, so I grew up um, in shelters, right? In domestic abuse shelters. My dad was abusive. We went to lots of different schools, moved around constantly. Hold on. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I share this too. I share this in my books, in my work. I think it's really important to, well, if you feel called to share your story, to yeah. just you know, tell the truth. And that, that experience gave me a lot of perspective. Like, I know that I'm very strong. I know that I can survive anywhere. A lot of problems to me probably feel trivial because of the background that I've had, which I'm grateful for. I don't get caught up in a lot of small stuff. And my interpretation of my background was it's exactly what I needed to do my work now. I can't write a book called Let It Be Easy with married parents who have money and, you know, having had no rainy days in my life, like it wouldn't mean anything. Like there'd be no substance to it. So, you know, having that background, being divorced in my early 20s, going through a lot of my own struggles, which I share in Let It Be Easy, that, I mean, that's the, the setup. Like that's the contract that I made coming into this life to be able to do the work that I do. And I feel very grateful for that. 
And Nikki Spo calls a time out. Speaking of letting things be easy, I want to take a beat and tell you all about my luxury experience using the Brightline and Brightline Plus service for my girl's day up to West Palm. So first of all, getting to the terminal is super easy. You guys know I'm downtown all the time to watch our favorite basketball team play. So the Brightline Miami Central Terminal is really so convenient for me, but it's also centrally located in general and easily accessible for all Miamians, especially so if you're within a five mile radius, you can use the Brightline Plus service, which is the new mobility service that gets you from point A to point B seamlessly. You can book an eco-friendly private ride, e-shuttle or bike along with your train ticket to get you to and from the stations easily and affordably. But now let's get to the trains. The coaches are gorgeous. This is not your average city train. It is the level up. And I'm all about leveling up these days. The seats are all brand new. Everything is super clean. And the whole vibe is just luxury. I'm not going to lie. It's a very chic experience. I mean, aesthetically, and I'm all about aesthetics. It's on point. I love the look and feel of the Brightline experience as a whole. But the service is really what it's about for me. There is no use for something to be pretty on the outside if it's not pretty on the inside. You know what I mean, truth speakers? If you know, you know. Brightline does an excellent job of providing superior customer service. The staff is friendly, responsive, and ready to offer assistance at every turn. The Brightline and the Brightline Plus experiences are both seamless and easy. So a quick recap. Seamless, easy, beautiful, luxury, fun, friendly. These are some of my favorite adjectives all in one spot. Book your ride now at GoBrightline.com. And when you sign up, you will get your first ride free. Now is the time. Live your life on the bright side with Brightline. How do our stress triggers stem from the subconscious or conscious desire to have control? We started talking about control a little bit. You know, the way the human mind is wired, its number one job is survival. Mm. Right. Like that it's the job's only brain, like the brain's only job, sorry, is for you to survive. That's why taking risks feels so uncomfortable, right? Kind of going into an outside of the comfort zone. It's like in, in the, in the cave days, right? If you left the cave, if you left the tribe, if you left your area, you're at risk. Right. And if the tribe rejected you, you were at risk. So now that's just taken place of this is where I live. These are my friends. This is my employer. And if I leave here, it's risky. The gift that human beings have that animals don't have for the most evolved intelligent of the species is we get to question things and we get to choose. We get to choose again and again and again. And so, for example, you know, I'm expecting my rent the runway delivery today. My dog will lose her mind when that happens. <laughs> right. I can't say to her, honey, it's okay. It's just the rent the runway guy. It's safe. <laughs> like she won't get it. Right. And, but I can say to myself, Ooh, you're about to release a new project. People might not like it. Maybe no one will buy it. Maybe people will say you're stupid. Uh, you're ugly. It's so okay with me. Um, but you know, I, I know I, I, I say to myself, Hey, it's just words on a screen. Man says words on YouTube. Woman says words on Instagram. What's that to me? Has it even got anything to do with me? 
Like there is such a space, like it, and and so I can say now I'm zero percent affected. Like truly, like zero. It's taken time to get here, but zero. I remember the first time I got online hate because I wrote about being divorced in my twenties, and all these dudes started saying all these. I won't say it on your nice podcast, but all these ugly words about me, like making all these assumptions. Not that it's anyone's business, but I've always been the breadwinner in my marriage. And I'm proud of that. And uh, everyone was saying, you're a gold digger. And that was the nice comment. <laughs> like that was on the nice of, of the spectrum. And I was like, I remember going, why do I share stuff about my life? It's too painful. It's too risky. And then I was like, huh, let me think about that for a minute. <laughs> and there's increasingly women are out earning men. I think it's wonderful. Who cares who earns the money? You know, but my own, my own opinion. But I remember thinking I care more about the women who are like kind of feeling bad, honey, their bonuses, worried about being seen. I care more about them than yeah. some guy in a basement somewhere who's like you, <laughs> like W-H-O-R-E, you da 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 And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. No, I, I know what my job is. And my job is the people who offer me. And there's plenty of other yeah. voices and they're allowed to have them too. Totally. So do you feel like we naturally feel like we have to earn our worth? And is that inherent or learned? Mm, it's a little bit of both, right? Mm. Like, what do you think about it? Uh, often if, just say someone has a great accomplishment, you know, just say they make a lot of money or they get some accolade, like they hit a bestseller list or they get an award, whatever it may be. You know, you say, congratulations, that's so amazing. Often people will say, I work really hard. <laughs> I work really hard for this. Like, um, yeah, I got it, but there was a lot of sweat, like there was a lot of hustle. And that's not to negate the fact that there is work involved, right? Of, of course there is. I mean, I mean, of course, I and mean, that's why we're here. We're here to make a contribution in our lifetime. But like, what if like, you know, succeeding and allowing in the things that we want, it's just meant to be. Like it's meant to be that way. And instead of, you know, saying achieve or accomplish, like use the word allow, like look, look what I've oh, allowed I in. I love that. Yeah. So I've achieved this. It's like, Hey, look, look, I allowed this in. I didn't self-sabotage. I didn't block myself. I didn't stop myself from going for it. I trusted my intuition. But yeah, the world will tell you all day long how hard you have to work, how much you have to sweat, how miserable it is. And there's no way out, by the way, it's all miserable. So pick your heart. (laughs) And it's not, again, it's not to say that, that, you know, if you, if you do anything that's, you know, interesting or anything that you're proud of in your life, there, it will require something of you. Like it will, it will require you being seen, taking a risk, doing something different. But isn't that what we're here for? Like it, it's not hard work, hard work. It's like, well, I'm alive and I'm making my contribution and this is the result. So how is let it be easy bringing people back to their essence, back to the truth of who they really are? Oh, watch a child, right? A child assumes you love me, <laughs> right? My ideas are, <laughs> my ideas are good. My singing voice is good. Uh, what I think about this is important, <laughs> right? Those things are true always. You know, I, I say that let it be easy is more of an unlearning than a learning. You know, like be quiet, don't upset the boat. This is who our family are. This is what we do here. It's like, okay, well, those are things that we've learned and it's fixed to a certain group. But I mean, look around the world, like look at the different languages, how people eat, what they worship. I mean, there is no right or wrong way to live your life. So when you just come back to like, you know, what feels good to me with the exception of harming other people, you know, with intention, like 
anything is possible. Like it's all good. Do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> like it's like truly, we are so free. As human beings, we are so free. And I think we really forget that. And it's a real tragedy because there's so much that we don't do because we don't think it's acceptable. We don't think it's available. And I can tell you, like creating my business, having had the career that I've had, there really are perceived limits. They're, they're, the only limits we have are the limits that we believe. And what if you just, what if those limits were questioned? What if they weren't true? What if what you're thinking is possible actually is a lie? Like then what else could be available in so much more of an easy way? So I wrote this down actually in the beginning of our conversation. Um, I like take a ton of notes while we're talking, but I wrote down curiosity versus judgment. Mm, oh, and I yes. love that. You touched on that. It's like instead of being judgmental about anything, X, Y, Z, whatever, like just get curious about it. Oh, and if you see someone who you admire, even if you're a little bit jealous, like mm. if you're like, hey, how's she doing it? Like instead of going, she's fake, she's hollow, she has no substance, like whatever it is, you can go, huh, what, you know, that's interesting. Like what's she doing? Like what's yeah. working for her? Why are people connecting with her? Something's, something's working. Something's you know, working. So, something's working here. Be interested. You can look. This way you get a lesson. Like you get the emotion for a lesson. I remember once I was on a call with a, a group of women and there was a woman in there who had like a interesting reputation about being like, her reputation was just kind of mixed, right? And so I had a bit of a guard up against her thinking like, oh, I don't know about this woman. I've heard she's a bit dodgy or whatever. And then she was bragging a bit about something and and she actually gave me an idea in her bragging. And that bragging made me like $30,000 extra that month. Get out. Like, oh. Uh, can you tell me the idea? <laughs> <laughs> no, but she was like, I'm doing this thing and it's really working. And I was like, hey, I could do something similar or just test it. And it evolved yeah. into a test I implemented quickly. And I was like, wow, if I just shut it down with judgment and I was like, I'm not listening to her when she's talking, I would have missed a lesson. Being curious can give you a lot. And there's no there's no harm in it. And there's like, it, it's playful and it's expansive. So it's a, And it's a fun place to live. How is this book about ease with yourself? first and foremost. If someone wants to change someone else, I wish them a lot of luck. <laughs> I mean, think about it, Nikki, right? You've spoken about your sobriety journey. Coming to that realization that you wanted to make a change in making it, um, could that have come from someone else? No, no. Can, <laughs> I'll tell you, know, for me personally, no. <laughs> like you can say maybe your husband has an opinion, your parents have it, your brother, your da, da, da. they can say whatever they like. But if someone says, hey, you need to, are you going to go, oh, okay. <laughs> like, that's not how lasting change happens. Maybe it's you know, through an effort to control, we can get a temporary result out of somebody else. But like, if you love somebody, you can love someone or you can control them. You can't do the same. You can't do both at once because control comes from fear. Fear is the opposite of love. So when we want to control somebody else, we're not loving them. And when we're not loving them, like what, what, what are we giving them? Like what, what's actually happening here? And I, I mean, if you've ever thought, uh, could I share in this chapter, you know, I wanted to stop my husband from playing video games. I thought it was so juvenile and stupid. And, uh, and I'd always have judgment about it. And then I'm like, Hey, go for your life, honey. Like do it. <laughs> and it's so funny because now he doesn't even play them anymore, but not because of anything that I've said. And he can be himself. I can be myself. I can love him. Even if I don't like what he's doing, like 
killing baddies online or whatever the hell they do, you know? So like what, and, and, and if I want to go do whatever I want, like with my girlfriends or go, you know, go on weekends, whatever it is, that is also okay. You know? So if you think that it's a really good idea to change someone else (laughs) and we do this a lot, like just think about what it, what it takes to change something within yourself, right? So maybe overeating or over consuming social media or, you know, gossiping, whatever it is. It's not, you know, it hasn't maybe been successful for you. So we have this bright idea that we should then just like bypass ourselves and go fix others. Right. <laughs> uh, I would just say, give that up right now. hundred percent. Drop it. All of it. Let's go with chapter 14. You don't have to defend yourself ever. And in, I love this one. In this section, you talk about how towards the end of the movie, Eight Mile, right? You brought up Eminem. Eminem's character raps about the like shameful parts of his life. And like the part where he says, I am a bum. I do live in a trailer with my mom. And by doing that, he disarmed his opponent. We talked about this. We like touched on it just like a little bit in the beginning of our talk, but by owning up to the things he knew that his competitor was going to like hit him with, he disarmed him. So how can we do that in our own lives? And how does dropping the defense strategy save us? Oh my gosh, it will, you'll have all of your energy, your time, your self-respect. I mean, there is no dignity in defending yourself. I mean, actually this happened to me recently on a live radio show. Um, sometimes let it be easy. And I speak a lot about loving yourself and being proud of yourself. It's interpreted by some people as ego, right? Or vanity or like skipping over life's hardships. It's none of those things, right? It's the opposite of those things. And, but some woman said, a, a caller a caller came in and said, it's a self-centered point of view that I had. It's very self-centered. That was her interpretation, which she's allowed. And I said to her again, live on a radio show, you know, if you called my ex-husband, he'd, he'd agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of but I'm not gonna ju- I'm also not gonna defend my position right you know it's just, like if you call my ex-husband he probably would say I'm self-centered I don't know right it's not my business but that was just like that was truth that was a truth and it was just it was freeing there was no energy required on my part it brought some it made me laugh <laughs> and it kept me in the moment in my truth versus you know defense is a first act of war right? Someone's like, you know, getting geared up. I'm not going to war. I'm not doing that. It's my life. And I've got a really nice life. So I'm not like, I'm not fighting with anybody, especially because they think that I need to live your life, like do your things like as you would like, and this also Nikki, this is a little trick right here. This also has to follow. It can't just be like, let the hate live. It has to be, don't take all the praise so much to heart either. Oh, yeah, because it's easy to be like, delete all the comments and like all the love. Yeah, come here, reassure me. Um, Carl Jung said that real self-actualization is when we're independent of the good opinion of others. Mm. So if someone's like, Nikki, you're so gorgeous, you're so amazing, you're the best, and you're like also unmoved by that. Equally as unmoved as if someone's like, you're a scab, you're gross, you look like a man. People have said that about me, <laughs> you know? So, um, so uh, if I'm like, you look like a man or you're the best thing in the world, how about it's my response is just um, thank you. Like I'm unmoved. I'm unmoved by either one. Of course, praise feels good, you know, as of a human being, that. but uh, but but it's not. I don't think it's the best thing if it's always our motivation. So walk us through chapter one hundred and five. Victims need villains. 
if you've been attacked, <laughs> like if someone, like if someone is, uh, you know, often criticizing you, or if if you feel like you're caught up in something that isn't fair, it's just it's just you know fair to know that there, are, you know, a lot of people out there with a victim mentality, and it's not to say that there aren't real victims, right? There are victims of situations in life where there was nothing that was your fault and something unfair happened to you, right? This is the human experience. Um, a lot of the times. Uh, there'll be just people who want to come at you anyway, right? Or they'll they'll uh, they'll like to attack you or find a villain for any situation. So it's like the government, right? It's the weather. It's these people, this group who believe this, this group who believe that they're against me. Often, you know, a victim will need somebody to blame. There has to be like some enemy. And so when you're the enemy, if someone's making you the enemy, even though it's the last thing you want to do, it's a really it's wonderful if you can almost like have some compassion because if someone's afraid, if they're feeling in a victim kind of, if they're in a victim mode, they're in a victim energy, they're just afraid, right? And whatever it is that they're clinging to is like the villain of the moment. And if that villain's you, and maybe sometimes it will be, then instead of, you know, fighting back, kind of like we were saying before, defending yourself, like what if that's actually an opportunity to love somebody or an opportunity to try and understand somebody? The, the goal here is always not like winning, right? But just kind of being at peace and not having really too much momentum or energy in any extreme direction, but just allowing people to be who they are, to allow yourself to gracefully and gently be who you are and to know that like, you know, it's okay. Like it's okay. And too, like we, sometimes I find myself in a victim place. This is wrong. Why is it like this? Why are I getting this? And I'm like, that I'm looking for a villain. Like, what is it? Like, is it, is it increasing ad costs? Is it taxes? Is it like whatever it is? Um, maybe it's just like, I need to be gentle with myself because I'm also feeling just a bit rough at that moment. And that's also okay. So what is one of your personal favorite cha- chapters? I think actually the first chapter I like, because I think that whenever we can tie anything to nature, there was just so much evidence. So in the first chapter, it's called like nature's proof that East surrounds us. And I was at this nice place called Blackberry Farm. Don't know if you know it. Oh yes, there it is. Uh, and it was a, a Michelin star chef who was teach, giving us a cooking lesson. And I remember thinking, gosh, I'm gonna have to bring a notepad for this cooking lesson. Cause he's like a big deal. He used to work up per se in New York and this is gonna be like complex. And he took some basil from the garden, some tomato from the garden. He's like, what grows together goes together. Ooh. Yeah. And I thought, wow, how amazing, like in with nature, that what grows at the same time just tastes good together. And he's like, people overcomplicate a good meal. You need good salt, you need lemons, you need fresh ingredients. And I remember thinking, wow, like nature is proof that ease surrounds us. Like Lao Tzu said, in nature, nothing is rushed, yet everything is accomplished. Mm. So I just feel like it's just so grounding and real and proof that there are more stressful thoughts than there is actual stress in this world. And we are just blessed with so much abundance in the universe. Like it is perfect and there for us to enjoy and I want to enjoy it. So how has creating this book for others liberated you? Well, they say that you write the book you need to read. Ooh. Right. Like, and I just know that that's true. And truly, it was hard for me to let things be easy. I remember thinking when I was a kid, living in shelters, moving around so much, having the police at my house, like that chaos 
thinking, you know, when I'm, when I'm the adult, like when I'm a grown up, I'm going to get a good job. I'm going to get a nice, normal husband. I'm going to live in one house. I mean, not going to move from the house. Like these are like my dreams and, you know, age 30, making half a million dollars in, in Silicon Valley. I still wasn't easy about it. I was, in, you know, it, it was a different anxiety, a different level of making my life hard, you know, where I was, where I was a victim, like blaming people, blaming my employer, blaming this and that. And then, you know, uh, it was when my husband wanted to leave me because I was being so difficult that I was like, there has to be another way. And this is what I've been obsessed with, like ever since, you know, ease, not even acquiring it, working hard to achieve it, but just understanding it's always there. We're just not tuned in. Like we, uh, we, we reject it. It's like there's smoke around the truth. You like clear the smoke, ease is there. It's always available. Susie, you are inspiring and I'm so grateful to have you on the show. I hope that everybody goes out and buys your book because it has been like, it has really opened my eyes to so much. And it's like, I hear you saying like, you wrote the book that you needed to read. Like there are so many of us that need this outlook, you know? And like you said earlier, it doesn't have to happen overnight. One day at a time is good enough. One baby step at a time is good enough. And I'm just looking forward to now like taking steps to making my life easy and letting everything be easy for me. Uh, thank you so, so, so much. I appreciate you and I'm inspired by you. Oh, you too, Nikki. Mm, thank you so much. Big thank you going out to our presenting sponsor, Brightline. I had the best time riding up to West Palm for my girls' day out, and I am so thankful to have such an incredible partner like Brightline. They are making intercity travel fun, easy, beautiful, and bright. They are fully open and ready to host you. So go to bright So go to gobrightline.com to book your trip and get your first ride free now. Thank you so much for listening to The Know. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued, and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The Know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and The Know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. Mm-hmm.